Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Designing Sports Podcast. My name is Kevin Slattery. Real quickly about myself, you guys, I work with ECU Football. We work on a, a variety of graphics, whether it's for social media, whether it's directly sent to recruits. We do game recaps. We do video recaps. We do travel videos. We do a whole lot of different stuff that I get to be a part of. I get to shoot. I get to edit. But then that's enough about me. Let's talk about our first guest, Joe Kion, the digital designer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he began the Slack chat, Designing Sports, which this podcast takes its name from. You guys, this is a really fun interview. Joe kind of walks us through how he started doing digital graphics and then how he got his job with the Cleveland Browns through some, we'll call them interesting methods, and then transitioned from the Browns to the Cleveland Cavaliers and kind of takes us through what it was like for him both on game day and what it was like in 2016 when the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA Finals. So a lot going on in that interview. I want to get right into it. But before we get into it, make sure you guys, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. So that this way, other people will see the podcast, find the podcast, and enjoy the podcast. Okay, you guys, thank you so much. Let's jump into it. Congratulations on being the first ever Designing Sports episode. Thank you. I'm pretty pumped about it. It's a pretty prestigious honor. I mean, to be number one, this might be the first time, so I'm excited. Hey, 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 the Cavaliers won a couple years ago, so I feel like you uh, <laughs> you don't get to be... I, no more woe is me from the Cavaliers fans. You're right, you're right. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. You guys got to watch get to watch the best basketball player ever, so I think uh, you're, you're short on sympathy from me is what okay. I'm trying to say. All right, but we still have to watch the Browns, so I guess that's we're That's a even. good point. That's a good point. <laughs> it's kind of, I guess it is kind of negated a little bit. We're um, back to even. Always good. Always good. Um, Joe, you, uh, first of all, you, you started the, uh, the designing sports Slack chat, uh, which this podcast kind of owes its, its name and Genesis to. Um, so can you, you talk a little bit about the Slack chat and, and what its sort of purpose is? Sure. It's kind of, uh, just like a community for people that are interested mostly in design, but with like a little sport focus. Um, it's kind of, this day and ages version of the old forums that we used to frequent, um, posting artwork, getting um, suggestions on things, asking for resources like logos, stock images, fonts. Um, and it's also just a spot to like connect with people in the industry and network. Um, and I think we have close to 200 to 250 people that are in it. So it's pretty cool to see it growing and people seem to really like it and and what's nice too is um it there are are real kind of issues that that kind of come up not necessarily you know uh problems of the world but but like problems that you know or or issues or different things that come up uh in the design community and, and they're typically discussed there with like forethought and like uh context and people actually think before they type it's really refreshing um Everyone kind of talks to each other like like real human beings, which is uh, a change for the internet, which is nice. Yeah, um, definitely a new concept for the internet. <laughs> yeah, brand new stuff. Um, real, real refreshing. Um, and and it is a, a, a good mix, too, of, of people who are pretty established uh, in the design community and people who are just looking to get into it. Um, and I think one of the things that excites me about this podcast is I kind of get to talk to to people who are on sort of both ends of the spectrum a little bit. You know, people who, uh, like, like myself, uh, I am the, uh, uh, my, my technical title is recruiting quality control uh, for, for ECU football, but really I handle all of our, uh, our, our kind of 
digital media, uh, social media, and, and all of that. Um, I'm a couple years into the game now. This is my, my first full full year at ECU. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just getting getting my start. Uh, Joe, how did you get your, your start kind of in, in, just in, in kind of, how did this develop from, you know, maybe a hobby into something you, you now do professionally? Yeah, um, I guess it kind of started in high school. Took a couple of photography classes. Uh, really, really love those. And that's where I was first introduced to Photoshop. And then from there, I kind of spiraled into going on those forums all the time, seeing what other people made. Um, a lot of them were sport focused. So I kind of wanted to try that myself and see what I could do. Uh, and then uh, I always was doing that and always trying to get better and learn and always thinking, oh, how can I make mine look like this guy's or how can I win this wallpaper competition or whatever. Um, so it was it was doing that all the time, like creating wallpapers for my friends or my myself um, for computer wallpapers. And then from there, kind of once I got into college and stuff, I really enjoyed doing that. And I just kept doing that. I majored in marketing, but I always had this this thing for design and I would always do that on the side. And then once I graduated, um, it was hard to find a job in marketing because almost everybody has a marketing degree these days or a generic business degree. So I kind of really tried to build up my design portfolio because I felt like that was the thing that would separate me from a random marketing person. And then that kind of put me into a design job. And uh, from there, it just kind of snowballed into doing design full time. And... Um, that's the path that I ultimately took, which I'm pretty pumped about, and it led me to being with the Cavs. Now you're you're from Cleveland, correct? You're from that like area. Yep. Yep. So that's so that's got to be really cool to to kind of grow up rooting for a team and then eventually work for them. That that that's that's got to be a, a, the thrill of a lifetime. Yeah, um, it was always kind of my dream to be to work for a sports team, uh, let alone, or, and definitely one of the ones I loved. So Browns, Indians, or Cavs. And I've been lucky enough to work for two of them so far with the Browns and Cavs. And um, I remember in college, I was people or like professors would ask, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I want to work in sports. They're like, oh, well, that's very hard to get into. Uh, you should have a backup plan, all this other stuff. So it was definitely daunting. And I honestly didn't think I'd ever do it. But um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to open up and, and get in. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I... I, I think that the the world of, of kind of that sports design is, has opened up so much now, and and that's oh, yeah. that's part of what I think is cool about the the Slack chat is you see how how pretty much every team now kind of needs mm -hmm. their own sort of graphics or or digital art component to it. Yeah, like even um, two or three years ago, it's it wasn't as big as it is now. Like I remember when I first started making graphics for social was just like whatever like no one really thought about social as something that can drive revenue or drive um fanny like the fans to interact with your team but now everything that we almost everything that we post on social has a graphic attached to it i mean instagram's one of the biggest social platforms and it's all visual so it's all photos or graphics which um, I think kind of shows how important it is and how important it has become. No doubt, no doubt. And 
um, you know, you, you talked about um, going to college and, and, and starting out, you know, with a, a marketing degree. Um, but you also do a lot of, of, of web-based content for, for cabs.com, correct? Correct. So, so do you have like a, a coding experience? Did you like, like, did you really dive in, into the coding element of it or not so much? Um, I do now. And I took one class in college, which kind of gave me a good base for HTML. But then my very first like real position at the Browns was a web intern. Um, I knew nothing about web when I got that. And I kind of, kind of cheated on my on my test don't tell anybody but uh it took me like like bad news about this podcast (laughs) it took me forever to get this this uh test that they gave me done to do and it probably would take now it would probably take me like 20 minutes but it took me like a whole day to figure it out because i was like researching online like how do you how do you do a paragraph in html like the simplest things and um you know i did it i did it and i submitted it and they they must have thought it was okay, um, or the person that they offered it said no, and they just gave it to me out of pity or whatever. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it gets I... the job done. Man. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, fine. I like, mean, you yeah, know, it works. If, if it's a window, you know, where a door shuts, a window opens, right? Like, yeah. it, you know. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I remember when I, I, I learned HTML. I was like, I was really, really young. I was in like. I think I was in like the third grade or something wow. and I, I made a, a website, like a very basic website. And if I can find it, I'll, I'll embarrass myself and I'll post, <laughs> I'll post, I'll post a link in the description um, so that people can look at it while, while I'm, I'm narrating it. But it was for like me and my cousins, we played this really, uh, it was kind of like, it's kind of like uh, um, if you mixed Pokemon with baseball cards, it was called MLB showdown. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we play and like, uh, I made like a website for that basically for our weird little MLB showdown league. And it is an atrocity. <laughs> like it is, it is absolutely disgusting. It is like Royal blue background with like black text. Big just drop sort of shadow. Like, no, I didn't know how oh, to do no drop, drop shadow. shadow. Oh. So we're really <laughs> blessed that I did. I, that fourth grade Kevin didn't figure out how to do drop shadows or gradients because, <laughs> Let me tell you, that whole internet site would have just been gradients and drop shadows. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see that. I have my first one too from my class that I took, and I probably have, and I have like a, I've tweeted it out before, but my first graphic ever, I have that too. So we should include that. All right, absolutely. And I'll uh, the first the first thing uh, uh, I ever I ever made was like a, um, a I. I went on uh, sportslogos.net their forums were big for me um mm-hmm. and i did uh they had templates on there for like f- different sports uniforms and I, right. I did the football one and i uh i would take like the the fill tool and just kind of fill in different parts in like a paint by <laughs> numbers sort of sort yeah. of deal and then i would like eventually i learned how to copy paste logos in there and i would you know put a logo on the helmet and then I found some numbers and some. I, I discovered the type tool, which was a revelation, and that that's sort of kind of what started me down the down the path. So I'll, I'll happily post if you post your first graph. If you if you send me your first graphic, I'll happily try and dig up one of my old uh, uniforms. Perfect. That yeah. probably violates multiple copyright laws and just has no originality to it. But <laughs> darn it, yeah, I, I made it. To see you know? that. Because I and I think and I think like what's important about too is that like you have to start somewhere. Like all of us started somewhere. Yeah. 
and you know it it doesn't one of the things that I've I've started to to kind of realize in in that you know every every team needs these these designers and and uh what what that's led to in at least in in my world of, of college football which even that phrase those words to me sound weird um that I would consider that my world at all um but in 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 college football like you have a lot of coaches who are like learning photoshop mm-hmm. and learning graphics as a part of of the recruiting effort because it has become such a big part of that and um you know they all kind of started you know obviously they their their brains are fully developed which is uh, a lot uh, easier but you know um you know they they they're also kind of starting kind of from scratch and and uh you know i i think it's you know you'll look at at the work that joe that you do or that um you know guys like matt lang or aaron bills or you know any any number of these you know these these great designers on the internet and um you know it all it all starts somewhere you know and i I think it's really important for people especially you know who are kind of just coming into the fold a little bit to understand that it's not you know you you don't just make that out of nowhere you know a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of energy goes into kind of developing those those skill sets and and, and not just learning how to use the tools, um, but but knowing the actual principles of, of the design, I think, is kind of the the second layer to it, you know? Definitely. Yeah, learning the, um, like, even for me recently, the whole, like, layout and hierarchy, I never really thought about, like, I kind of knew it, but I never really put a ton of thought into it while I was doing it. Um, I would say just in the past couple of years, it's something I really try to work on and realize and it made a huge difference, but like I've been doing this forever. It feels like, and I just started now learning or thinking about that. So you can always learn new stuff, even if you've been doing it forever. Um, but yeah, it definitely takes time. And for me, what's helped a lot is looking at all these other people's work and it kind of inspires your brain and you kind of get you go you try and mimic one somebody's style or something and then it just you just build off that and you kind of go down your own path um but for me that's kind of how i do it like i'll i'll start i'll look at a couple things that i a look that i'm going for and try and start to recreate it and then go down my own path and kind of build it out um but i think the whole the internet thing and everybody talking and posting their work has definitely helped um, kind of spread this and definitely help people get better as well. No doubt. And I, I think too, you know, uh, a lot of the people that, that I've talked to who, um, who, who especially are, are on the digital end are very self-taught. Um, you know, it's a lot of, you know, for me it was, it was YouTube tutorials. It was, um, uh, PSD Tuts Plus was a, a mm-hmm. site that I I went to a lot, um, and and what I found kind of worked for me was I would I would do the tutorial, but it was I it was almost like the the Lego sets I would play with as a kid where like you get the Lego set, and then like you kind of start I would kind of start building with the instructions and then I'd say ah screw it I'm gonna do my own thing, <laughs> and and then it would kind of take its its own weird weird shape so. Um, you know, I, I think there, you know, that, 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 and I think part of it too, for you, right. You started out in marketing, so you weren't necessarily learning all the principles of design in, in college, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it was kind of more that. self-taught, um, just on my own. 
kind of looking at, like I said earlier, looking at what other people are doing. Um, but yeah, mostly marketing. But I couldn't tell you a thing about marketing right now. I forgot all that stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> um, so, so, so you lied to get your job with the Browns, and then, <laughs> right? And and that 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 went well. Um, so how how do you go from how do you go from the Browns to the Cavs? What what kind of what opens up there? What what changes? Uh, for me, I got I got super lucky. So at the Browns, it was web, and I didn't know any web, but uh, I learned web. So it was a year's worth, and there I learned all about making web pages, building out emails, web ads, um, just how the internet and building a website worked, and working within a CMS. Um, all that stuff was new to me. I had no idea. I didn't even know what CMS stood for when I applied. Um, it means it stands for content management system. So it's the way you manage your website. Rather than coding everything out, you go, it can tell you like, hey, I want a photo here, so I'll just upload this photo. And then the CMS takes care of where to place it within the website. So learning how to manage that and how to manage our website and what goes on websites and just everything about it, I learned a ton at the Browns in that one year. Um, and then from there, once it was a year internship, so right around that awkward intern time when you're like, hey, am I staying? And are you making me full-time or do I need to leave? Uh, the Cavs posted a job, a full-time job, for kind of the same thing I was doing at the Browns. And I applied and they liked my resume and I had to take another test, another HTML test, but it was written. So that was really scary and I definitely, definitely did really bad on that. but. Um, I got lucky again and they offered me the spot and then that job is kind of morphed into like I said earlier with the whole social media world blowing up I've kind of slipped into the more design role I definitely do a, a lot of coding still but um, graphics is kind of my sweet spot so all the graphics that we post online for guys achievements um, all-star bids whatever um, that's kind of my specialty there so so specialties uh include uh graphics and a little and and a, a a good portion of of web content uh weaknesses test taking not test taking yep not very good joe kion joe kion not a test taking. honesty um, probably oh, oh no <laughs> just kidding <laughs> he's been catfishing us uh <laughs> this whole time there is no such thing as the designing sports slack chat this is all a lie I don't do any of the graphics. It's my best friend who doesn't want to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Joe, Joe Kion is uh, the, the William Shakespeare of, <laughs> of the, of the social graphics world. Fantastic. Mm. I'm, I'm really sorry that you outed yourself on the first episode of this podcast. Man. 18 minutes really, in, I guess uh, we're done here. All right. Well, you know, that was fun. Uh, clearly we've, uh, <laughs> we, we've learned some things and this is now an investigative journalism podcast. How about that? <laughs> This is the weirdest follow-up to the serial podcast ever. Um, <laughs> no, but that's 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 really cool that you kind of have have evolved it, and and you sort of I, th you know, I think the sort of passion for what for what you do and and what you've been doing sort of just so happened to merge with with the 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 overall the explosion of of need for for content on on all these different um, social media sites and. And you know how, how social media has just become such a huge a huge part of, of, of what what we do um, so 
now you know now you're you're kind of at the Cavs. Um, can can you kind of walk me through like day day in day out? Like what are we what are we doing? What you know when do we get in the office? What do we um, you know when we get there? Who you know do you report? Is is there anybody you report to? And then you know what kind of dictates your your workflow every day? Yeah, uh, well, what dictates the workflow is kind of where we are in the season. Is it a game day? and just certain initiatives we have going on. So uh, a typical non-game day, we start at nine every day. Um, Usually for non-game days, we're working on whatever initiatives we have going on. So it's if it's like building out the Cavs Girls website or um, a ticket initiative we have or something with social, we have like the wallpaper Wednesdays or if a guy is close to a milestone, We'll look at all that kind of stuff and we'll build whatever we need. So for milestones, we'll get graphics ready, um, images that go on the website. If there's, if we want to do a photo gallery, our content team will build out, like go and find photos and build out photo galleries. Um, if there's a ticketed nif- initiative, we'll have to build out ads and overlays on our website for it. And we'll have to build the page, um, get the headers ready for it. And then we'll have to talk with our content and our social team once that page is done. And we'll we'll pass along social graphics so they can promote the ticket um, offer. We'll have to talk to our content team so they can post the ads or post an article talking about the offer on the website. So it's a lot of communicating with different many parts of our team. Uh, For me, I'm on what we call production. So it's creating all graphics and web pages. Um, we also have the content team, like I mentioned, and they handle all the day-to-day, like shooting video, photos, um, covering practice, posting stories, things like that. And then we have a social media team that handles all our channels. Uh, they monitor everything people are saying, um, provide stats on what tweets and what or what posts do well. Um, and then we're all kind of under the VP of digital, which kind of oversees our entire team. And um, in addition, he kind of talks to other parts of the business and what's coming down or what is what is ticket sales working on? What is marketing working on? What is um, what is corporate sales doing? So it's kind of we're kind of like the middle of the entire company and we kind of touch every other team. So every other team kind of looks to us to help them with their messaging and getting it out to the fans so uh, it can be seen so yeah so it sounds like you guys uh, a big part of your job is, is is you know like you said working with with every other part of of the team um and and uh, i i i uh, i am really curious about like what your your sort of game day flow looks like so you know is 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 it really kind of fast paced is it sort of late like what is it what is that kind of like yeah, um, regular season and playoffs are are pretty different. Uh, playoffs is super fast paced and regular. Well, they're both really fast paced, but playoffs is like a whole new level. Um, but like a typical regular season game day, uh, for our my production team, we have to get everything ready before the game. So a lot of our work is um, pregame. Uh, we have a bunch of big. Um, like TV screens or a bunch of big video boards, and we'll create graphics and uh, things like and motion graphics for those screens 
that can kind of talk to the fans while they're in the arena. So whether so you're we talking ha- about the the center piece in the in the queue? No, we have um, like video boards on the concourse. Oh, got so it, got, it, got we, it. Okay. We call it the digital zone or the social zone, and basically it's a huge video board, and we can basically put whatever we want on there. It's like it's probably like twelve huge screen TVs basically plugged together to make one giant image. Gotcha. And um, so like we can sell that to corporate partners and they can have like a takeover night. So for example, Budweiser could come in and say, hey, we want to rent out the digital zone for a night. So we'll create a bunch of images and graphics for them. That's all their branding. They can set up a table in front and hand out like koozies or keychains or whatever. And fans can come up and Budweiser can collect email addresses or inf- fan information in exchange for one of the little free giveaways. So for Budweiser, they get right in front of Cavs fans. They get a bunch of information about potential customers. And for us, like our fans get free giveaways and, um, you know, experience whatever uh, the partner wants to do. So sometimes people come in and they have VR headsets so fans can experience the VR. Um, there's just like a ton of possibilities and, um, like it allows us to be pretty innovative so we can we can come up with new concepts um have a 2k tournament right on the concourse and people can play on that huge screen and like xbox or microsoft or 2k can be sponsoring it um so that's kind of a big thing for us on game days and once we get that done we kind of and once the game starts we kind of monitor what's going on if a guy's having some crazy game we may make a graphic for it um, during the playoffs, we usually make a graphic for every win, so we'll kind of highlight the top guys of the night. Um, but during the regular season, a lot of it is is getting ready for the game and setting up those zones and and making sure we're good to go on the digital end. So, so it sounds like during the game, you're sort of more in the concourse than necessarily, you know, behind a laptop, kind of ready to ready to open up Photoshop and get going. Yeah, we're during the game, we're usually in the media section kind of monitoring. If something crazy happens, we'll jump on it and fix it. Or, And then, like I said, with the graphics, if some guy's going crazy, we'll just open up Photoshop right then and there and start start designing. All right, so that's, that's kind of cool. So, it, and, and I think that's that sounds like it's a little bit more of a tie-in with your the marketing background. I think that that kind of sounds like it, it sort of meshes those two sort of well. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, it's cool yeah. because we get to kind of think of new ways to, to activate that digital zone. And, um, like how do how do we make this huge screen look really cool? Um, and how do we get fans to maybe go in front and take a photo of it? Uh, like for the preseason, we did the simplest thing. All we did was we took, photos of the guys from their media day and like photoshopped them so it looked like they were all standing together and just had that up on the screen it was just a still image and fans would just like go there and just stand in front of them like they were standing with the guys and take photos with them so something as simple as that was super effective because everyone loved it there were like lines to take photos um that's awesome and like that wasn't sponsored at all it was just it was honestly like oh man this game started we need to throw something up there and it's like well let's just do this and it and it worked, which was really cool to see. Um, so it could be something as simple as that or as uh, complicated as like setting up a VR headset and having fans try it on and streaming it to the board. So it allows, oh, wow. us, allows us to do a lot of cool stuff. 
Wow. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a lot of different things you can do with that. Um, and kind of, I'm, I'm pulling up some of your, your recent work now, which, um, if people, uh, haven't, haven't been keeping up with it, uh, you really should. Um, uh, because, uh, uh Joe, you, you, have done some work that is, it's excellent. And, uh, you know, you, you talked earlier about how part of your process is you'll pull up something that, you know, will look similar to what you want to get done and what you want to accomplish. And I, I'd be sitting here not telling the truth if I said I haven't pulled up some of the stuff that you've done for at Cavs a couple times and gone like, okay, I'd kind of want my stuff to look a little bit like this. Um, one of the, the recent projects that, that you, um, worked on was, uh, LeBron James, uh, three thirty thousand points, uh, thirty thousand career points, um, and you guys did both a, a static uh, graphic kind of in, like I would say, like that traditional kind of style that you've set up, where it's you know very dark and and flames and but the, it's you know you can see the hardwood and um, and then there's also a motion graphic component to that, um, and and of course we'll we'll put uh, two links to that in the description as well, so people can kind of look at it. Uh, while you're, you're, you're talking about it, but can, can you kind of walk us through sort of the, you know, the, the, the design for that static graphic, which is a little bit more kind of typical of what you would do and then adding the motion onto it. Sure. Um, so that typical one, kind of the composite, uh, we like to do something like this for each big milestone. Um, so for this, I kind of wanted to highlight his, his first stint with us and then the current one um, that this the red jersey LeBron is actually a photo from his 10,000th game or the point the game where he got his 10,000th point um, <laughs> what's funny is actually we were kind of mapping it out and I figured that he was going to do it do the 30,000 in a black jersey uh, he actually didn't but that's why that black jersey is back there so um, I was kind of bummed when he didn't get it against OKC. I think he was like seven points short. Um, oh. And then he did the the he did he did it uh, against the Spurs in a white jersey. So for this composite, I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, well, I want him in the jersey that he's gonna do it in. So I went with the black. And then once he didn't do it, I was like, well, I'm not changing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like the uh, the top one really fit well within the composition, and then the small one. Like the pose is, is like almost perfect. I really like that pose. So um, that's kind of where that one came from. And it's kind of like what you said, kind of the same style where, you know, I call it the picnic table hardwood. It looks like you stand on a picnic <laughs> table. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I like and then that. you got like the smaller one and the bigger one in the back, which I always think is a cool dynamic. Um, and then the motion graphic one is, I think I like that one better. So for each of those photos, um, each photo is from the game where he did whatever it's saying he did. So 10,000 is the 10,000 point, 15 is the 15. Um, and then the last one, the 30K, I had to change out like 50 times because I kept waiting for him to get it and he didn't. So we originally had the black fo the black jersey in there um, and we were going to roll with a random black jersey rather than the game because it was on a Saturday and we wanted to post right after the game. But um, he didn't get it, so that 31 is from the the Spurs game and it's actually funny because I didn't I like that pose but the face on the face on it wasn't great so the face on that 30,000 is actually from a different photo so I had a, Wait, I, so you... I photoshopped his head 
Oh wow! Because so uh, I like his. the I like the pose, but the face, he kind of looked like like he was squinting and like just you know ugly LeBron face. So I actually yeah. photoshopped a new face on him. Oh wow! So like the because uh, I really like that pose. Yeah, the the pose is really good. So he's. He's got the the ball in his left hand. It looks like he's about to cross over, go to his right, and go to the rack strong. You mm-hmm. know, like the way LeBron James does. Right. And uh, and yeah, but his his face looks. You know, it 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 has like the proper kind of look to. It. I would have never thought that he uh, <laughs> that that was. There you go. There's a little, a little face bit of inside swap. baseball. Yeah, a little I like face that. swap. Yeah. Yeah. Use um, the. Uh, I'm sure he used the Snapchat uh, filter to do the right. face swap. Yep, exactly. Didn't spend hours and hours on the lighting <laughs> and. Actually, the lighting wasn't that bad. It was a photo from the same game, so uh, oh, right. I ran it through the same filter, and it was it worked out pretty well, I think. Even the shadow yeah. looks pretty good now that I look at it. Yeah, so, I, I have. It, I got I have lucky. It, I have it pulled up now, and it really it does not look like. So is so the face is different, right? But like, is the neck? Uh, half the neck is different. Okay. So it's blended together. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I can't really, I, I can't, I can't tell. Um, that's perfect. That's awesome. That's excellent. That's what I'm going for then. Great. So, so now I'm, I'm even more impressed. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. I already started this out by. You can by easily do me. a face swap. It's super easy. Just cut the guy's head off. Yeah. Slap it on there. Blend it up a little bit. Yeah. It looks a little bit of little, uh, little masking, a little bit of, uh, adjustment layers and, and there you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of, of what I do for um, for recruiting edits with a Z and three fire emojis. <laughs> um, I know as soon as I said the word edit, I uh, this is my my promise to you guys. I I will not go an entire episode without uh, saying the word edits, um, <laughs> just because that's what I have to listen to all day. Uh, so now you guys have to hear that word as well. Um, but no, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Um, and was there a did you guys just feel like the 30,000 it just needed that kind of extra push and and um it it just kind of needed that little zing um in that composite you have obviously pictures from at at least one from the heat Mm -hmm. um so was there any collaboration with them at all or was it just uh google coupon um yeah it was just us we didn't we didn't talk to the heat at all about it um there was a little sensitivity around it but um, you know, as part of his career and he wouldn't be achieving 30 if he didn't, you know, spend four years there. So, um, and he had a, he hit 20 K there. So I feel like it, it needs to be highlighted. Yeah. I thought that was, and I, I thought, I, frankly, I thought that was a really cool choice. Um, because like you said, it's, it's a part of his career. If you're going to celebrate the guy's career, you can't just act like four years didn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, that would be like, uh, me just pretending like four years of high school didn't happen uh, just cause they were maybe not what I want to highlight. doesn't mean that, right. That they didn't happen. Exactly. Um, no, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, and, and, and I, I really liked the way the, the motion went too. So that's, so that's doing a little bit more after for after effects work for you, right? Correct. Yeah. So that, this thing was originally, we just wanted to do, well, for me, uh, the thought was Instagram, so with the the cool slide feature. So you slide, and it looks like one giant image. Um, but like that, you know, a huge uh, horizontal image doesn't look the best on uh, Twitter or Facebook. So we did the the motion, so you can just sit here and watch it scroll, which is pretty cool. 
yeah, I, I liked that a lot, and they, they kind of seamlessly went into each other, too, and um, it seems like it wasn't too heavy on the necessarily After Effects portion of it. Like, right. a lot of it was just kind of putting each, um, each, each comp, like, the, like, slide. You, yeah, like, you imported each, like, you built them each out in Photoshop, and then put them into uh, After Effects, and just kind of slid them. Is that... Yep, that's pretty much it. It was super easy. It probably the animation probably took like 10-15 minutes. Once you got yeah. the timing down, you just copy and paste all the keyframes and um yeah, it's done, which is pretty cool. So do you think no, cuz I don't I haven't seen like do you think you could start to implement that more as you go along or did you feel like kind of not not did you did you enjoy your after effects experience? Not that I work for them. <laughs> I feel like now I like like I'm not the After Effects police, but I just I just want to know if you had like had a good time. Yeah, I mean it was a good time. I've been trying to get into After Effects. It's definitely there's a lot there. It's like a big program, isn't um, it? It's daunting. It's very daunting. So, um, you know, I'm trying. Like I don't want to get too overwhelmed because it's very overwhelming. Like even doing this at first was super overwhelming. I had to try like three or four times. Um, but yeah, I mean I want to. I w- there's some really good people I want to at least get a little bit better than doing like this natural stuff or this easy stuff but we actually have a guy that works with us who uses Adobe Animate which and he's really good at it um, he says he likes it better than After Effects I haven't tried it yet but that's another thing I kind of want to explore and get into yeah that was something for me that I, I really had to um, kind of expand when I was in college I, I, uh, I did a, an independent study on uh on um oh my gosh uh, on on after effects pretty much and, and motion graphics mm-hmm. um, because it was something i kind of started to do in in my junior year in in my first semester and i kind of i i had an opening and i said okay i'd rather do this than maybe take an advanced production course yeah um and and i felt like that really kind of gave gave me an edge so that would be um uh, at trenches did a little um a post where they shared some advice and some people responded and um one of the things that I think it was, I think it was Shay Rim was particularly someone who said, you know, you know, learn to do more. And, and after effects thing is a great tool for people who are kind of just getting into this to learn mm. um, because so much of what we do is digital. And so much of what we do is, is on a screen. If you can make it move, you know, or, or animate it anyway, I think it really, uh, it makes it, it, your, your graphic even more compelling. And, mm. and there's ways to do it like what you did, where if you're someone who's a, a Photoshop guy, you know, you can make something that looks, uh, you know, a lot more compelling in After Effects with the motion without necessarily needing to be uh, a master of, of After Effects. Right. And after, I went to Adobe Max uh, this year, and after, there, we took one class, and it was After Effects and how to create things, which I didn't really know. Like, I just thought After Effects was for movement, but you can actually create, like, fire and rain and all these other elements like within After Effects. And some people are creating that stuff in After Effects and then pulling it over to Photoshop, which is, I didn't really know that it was for that, but it was pretty cool. Hmm. I, I can honestly say I, I've never heard of that before where people doing stuff in in After Effects and then moving it over. Typically it's, you know, it's like you said, it's the other way around. Right. Um, but, but I know, especially when you get into adding the the add-ons like trap code particular and stuff like that you can really make some incredibly detailed stuff 
yep. right in. And then if you add Cinema 4D, that's a whole nother element to right. what you can do in uh, in 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 After Effects. That's that's really that's really cool. And you said you went to Adobe Max. Is, so is that is that a, a conference? For... Yeah. So that's Adobe's like creative conference. So there they kind of talk about all the new things they're working on. There's workshops and speakers to just talk about um, creativity, the design world, design careers, things like that. Yeah, and it sounds like it was kind of like a cool developmental thing. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. We'll put that, you know, put that on the on the bucket, the designer bucket list for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely recommend it. And did you did you notice that there were a lot of sports people there, or not so much? No, there. Uh, actually, I think the Warriors were there. Um, there were probably other teams, but I really only knew of the Warriors. Maybe somebody I can't remember somebody else. Um, but a lot of it is just everyone from the world really um but like when we would walk up people were like oh you're from the Cavs like that's cool you're in sports blah 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 um but a lot of people are just from random companies so it was pretty cool to kind of talk to them and like what their processes are and they asked us about ours um but it's a lot of the coolest part is all of like what Adobe's working on and what's coming down and what um all the new stuff in the programs like they they have this one thing called this um, Adobe Sneaks, and it's like a sneak peek into what they're developing. Um, one of the things was like content aware on steroids. Like they were they were just randomly creating new humans in in photographs. It was insane. Um, that's a little terrifying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of others. Like, oh, I'm the, afraid Adobe's oh. going to create a person that replaces me. So the scariest thing they had was like this voice changer thing. And they just recorded somebody's voice from oh, maybe they just said one sentence. And then they took it and they created their own sentence, played it back, and it was the guy's voice like he was legit talking. So oh, like yikes. you could like – and the it was funny because the example they showed was like the guy talked and then – I think the sentence they made was like, hi, honey, I really hate you today or something like that. And they played it back and it was like the guy actually said it. It was crazy. So like you can get in some legit trouble with that, that kind of stuff. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be doing a podcast where I record my voice. (laughs) Maybe this isn't. Yeah, so we can get you to say anything once that comes out. Oh, I can't wait. Call up your I'm boss sure. and say you quit. Oh, good. Or other things. I don't know. Or or other, yeah. No, I think that would... Uh, Tell them well, you lied. I mean, Tell them you lied in your interview. Yeah, that would be terrible, <laughs> right? To admit that I, I lied on a test in my interview, that would be... Ugh, I'd hate to admit that on a podcast. That would be <laughs> a real bummer. Um, no, but that's that's awesome, man. And, and uh, you you had posted a couple of pictures uh, on uh, on Instagram from from your time there, and it seemed like a really cool a really cool conference where you get to talk to people outside of sports. So yeah. not necessarily like an MLC Connect, which is kind of the big right premier gathering of sports designers, whereas this is more just kind of broad and general. Because uh, almost every workplace I feel like has some use for Adobe now at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's 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 really cool, man. Um, one of the the things that kind of has come up in the in the slack chat that i wanted to ask ask kind of your opinion on is um the the scary hours debate we'll get into that just because um I, I think it's an interesting an interesting topic um so for those of you who are who are unfamiliar there's the 
there's there's almost like a two two pronged debate going on with the scary hours album art where and uh, the initial problem with it is that it was um the album art itself that drake used seemed like it might have been kind of copped from a, a houston producer um and and we'll post i'll post a link in the description to kind of an article on that but um basically the uh there was a Houston producer who had a very similar visual style where he had like the sort of beveled text on one side and then the um, old English type of, uh, of, of text on, on the other. And they kind of interweaved with each other in a very similar way to the scary hours um, uh, album art. And so um, people did that. And then uh, that, that came out, what was it? Uh, January 20th, something like that mm-hmm. late January. And, um, of course, um, as soon as that came out, a bunch of different college football teams did their uh, sort of version of, of it, and that, that sparked a whole debate in the, in the Spark chat. So, um, Joe, I don't know if you kind of saw that, but, but what are kind of your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it's kind of about your intent. So for the, the Drake album, when people like recreate it for their university or their team or whatever, they're recreating it because it's directly derived from the album. Like they're not creating and saying, Hey, look at this original artwork I made. They're making it to say like, Hey, this is our version of, I definitely copied this, but it's in relation to that. Like their intent isn't to steal the artwork and like make money off of the design. It's to like almost play homage back to it. When like, if you're, if you find um, some artwork and you totally rip it off and try and pass it off as your own, like that's a completely different story. So right. it's all about your yeah, intent. That's kind of how I felt about it too. Like I think it, it's it's a lot of like like the the intent is and like the intent of those graphics is to connect with recruits. That is what yeah that is and and to and fans to a secondary degree and like you know recruits you know like are you know they're seventeen year old boys who like who like Drake and who like, you know, Migos and who like, you know, some, or, um, you know, whoever, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily. That's why you don't see it happen so much with like, uh, Taylor Swift albums, you know, it's, <laughs> right. you know, that it's, it's a different, you know, or, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just different. So, so yeah. So I think like, like I said, it's not like people are trying to sell, you know, it, it's not like Arkansas is selling, um, Drake mixtapes on the side like that would be not great um right or claiming that look is around right right exactly it, it's it's sort of a one-off oh you know oh homo- like you said it's an homage piece it's mm-hmm. not necessarily i think and i think the same thing about like star wars nights and like marvel posters and right. stuff like that i don't think it's necessarily like i don't know it doesn't seem like any sort of a, a huge huge deal but some people think it is and this is i i like i want this podcast to be a place where we can sort of kind of discuss those sorts of things and kind of if if need be you know mm-hmm. be and like i don't know i want people to come on here and be wrong sometimes because i'm going to be wrong sometimes um and i don't know i just i um i'm interested in because the the design community is so big and and so vast it's always good to get kind of different feedbacks on things and different input from different people in sports people outside of sports um who maybe aren't in the minutia of it every single day, you know? Definitely. Um, but, 
but yeah, man, and, and it, it sounds like you guys have, have some really cool cool stuff planned. Uh, one of the things I wanted to, to talk about a little bit with you before I let you go is um, kind of the, the, the championship experience, obviously. Uh, you know, you, you guys uh, uh, won the, uh, the NBA Finals in 2016, and, and it was a whole, um, exp- for me just watching at home, it was a whole ordeal, so I couldn't imagine what it was like being a part of it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about just sort of the, you know, you, you mentioned how playoff games, the intensity level has kicked up, even, you know, for you guys, it's kicked up, you know, a, another, another level. Um, so, so, you know, can, can you kind of go through that run with me a little bit and kind of walk me through what it was like from a, a digital content creation standpoint? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, for the, for the playoffs that year, um, like the year before we had done really well before like everybody got hurt in the finals and then, or no, I'm sorry. Um, we had like, yeah, we had done really well through the playoffs. So, uh, the year of the championship was kind of the same way we did really well in the playoffs. So for that, it was kind of, for me at least, it was highlighting all the great moments that happened. So I think there was a bunch of like three pointer records, um, every night it felt like some like three guys were just having incredible games um, and then once we got to the finals it was like okay we're back here again versus the Warriors um, who, we, who we lost to last year um, so we um, sorry so we um, had to do a bunch of graphics for it and for me, it was kind of these pump-up graphics. Um, and before each game, we would create a graphic that we would send out to the fans, like, hey, get pumped up. This game's coming tonight. Um, and to start, like, we went down 3-1. So the first couple graphics were like, oh, man, we, we, we lost. We lost two, and then we won the third game, and then the fourth game we lost. So going into game five in Golden State, it was just like, man, this really sucks. (laughs) It's going to happen again. There's no way we're coming back. Um, And it was really cool because our GM at the time, David Griffin, when we were down 3-1, actually sent an email to the entire company and was like, hey, this year, these are all the milestones and all the things we did. like no team has ever come back from 3-1. And then he like listed all the things that no team's done that we did that year. And he's like, mark my words, we're coming back from down 3-1. And everybody was like, all right, dude, whatever. Like, that's not happening. There's no way we're beating the Warriors down 3-1. Um, and then I remember like my graphic for game five, I was just like so bummed. And it was just like some simple, like I didn't put any work, like effort into it. And it was just like, I hate this. We're going to lose again. Um, but so then we want the big one was game five. We won game five. And I remember LeBron and Kyrie each had 40 or 41 points. So we did like a pretty cool graphic for that. And then for game six, we were back out there. Or no, I'm sorry. We were at home. And um, that game, like I'll never forget that what that game was like. It was, it was the loudest I've ever heard it. Um, Everybody had like their black shirts on because the team had wore black for game five and it was kind of like their thing now. Um, And winning game six was probably like my second favorite moment ever 
And then for game seven, we were actually in the queue at a watch party and we were watching on the, on the Jumbotron. And I just remember like the end of that game, like before LeBron's block, it was like so close. And the only thing I remember is like the last two minutes of that game. And um, the game was so close, but you, like it just felt different. Like for Cleveland, like anytime we're kind of close and we're really far in the season, it's like, how are we going to lose this? But that time it was like, wow, we really have a shot here. So it was tied like, it was tied for the longest time. And then that block happened. It was kind of funny because when the block happened, I didn't really think it would be known as the block. Uh, I remember watching LeBron run down the court and thinking, oh, he's definitely blocking this because you could just tell the way he was running. So he blocked it and then Kyrie shot. When Kyrie hit the shot, like you kind of, you kind of start to feel it, but you didn't want to. You didn't want to like let yourself go there yet because, you know, we've been through all that other fun stuff like the shot and the and the drive and the fumble and all that stuff. So uh, when Le- Kyrie hit the three and then they came back down and I think they missed a three or something. And then you kind of knew, you're like, wow, they're going to need to score four points to beat us in however many seconds it was. Um, and I just remember when we won, I definitely cried and everybody was like cheering and we were like kind of where all the Cavs employees sit and everybody was hugging each other. Other people were crying. Um, and then I just remember like being pretty pumped that my graphic was going to get used because I didn't think it was going to. And I had created it the night before and I stayed up to like, like 3 a.m. just trying to make sure that it was, it was perfect. Um, so I was really pumped we got to use that. And like what's funny is uh, looking back at it, like I wish I could remake it and make it so much better. So that's kind of what we want. We were talked about like before about how just getting better at things, and even in a short time, you can learn so much and get better. Um, but yeah, that was the whole. That whole week was insane. And then a couple of days later, we had the we had the parade, and for me, I got to like do our do our social media for it, and. Um, I was in the parade and I just remember thinking like, wow, if you had told me this like five years ago that I would be in the parade behind LeBron's car, like covering it for the Cavs, like probably would have died right there of excitement. Um, So like that whole year is just something I'll never forget. And it was, it was definitely, I'm like, I'm so pumped that I lied on my application so I could, uh, I could experience it. Oh boy. It all started with a happy little lie. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. And and that's kind of those are the stories that I want to to tell on this podcast is because I think, you know, uh, if you haven't gathered yet uh, over the course of the last hour, um, me and Joe are kind of nerdy, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think that's going to be a common theme in a lot of the people that that come on this podcast is they're uh, they're a little you know I'm a little dorky. Um, oh yeah. And for us to get to be involved in in sports and and um, kind of on the on the ground floor of, of these really great moments, you know, in even if you know these the uh, it doesn't seem like something that would have ever happened five seven years ago, and and now um, you know every team needs a little uh, needs some design nerd somewhere to you know. <laughs> to that that can that can play a role so joe thank you so much for coming on man um i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you one more question and then i'll i'll let you go sure 
All right, uh, one one karaoke song for your life. You gotta you gotta know the words. You you don't get the screen, and you know this is it. This is you either this is sing or die time. What are you going with? Um, Ignition by R. Kelly. The Fantastic remix. choice. The remix, <laughs> of course. I don't. I've never heard the original. I don't think. That's. I don't. Where did it go? <laughs> I don't know. Who took it? That was the first. Another illegal thing. That was the first song I ever illegally downloaded. Off Aries. Yeah, it was Aries. All right. Fun this fact. is going to be the first and last episode for Joe Kyle. <laughs> the feds are clearly after him. Joe, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.